All right, hey everybody, welcome to Valley Creek. Come on, wherever you are, let's just welcome each other together. We are so glad you are here with us. And today we are starting a new series called The Ancient Future, Practicing the Way of Jesus. And I'm really excited about this series. I'm hopeful for this series. I've been praying that this series will encourage you, that it will inspire you, that it'll challenge you, that it'll help you kind of navigate into the new season that's in front of you. You see, sometimes we have to look back before we can move forward. Sometimes yesterday shapes tomorrow. Sometimes the past is the key to the future. And if you read the Bible, one of the things that you'll find all throughout Scripture said over and over again is do not forget. God says it over and over again. Do not forget. Do not forget. Do not forget. Like to every generation and in every situation and in every circumstance, God is saying don't forget. It's like he's saying don't forget who I am. Don't forget what I've done. Don't forget what I've said. Don't forget my ways. Don't forget my wisdom. And don't forget those who have gone before you. It's like God is saying there is an ancient wisdom, an ancient word, and an ancient way that is the future for our lives. And so what I want to do in this series is I want to take some time to look back on those who have gone before us and how they have lived. Because if you lose sight of the past, you lose sight of the future. In fact, this summer, as I was on my study break, praying for you, for our church, asking God what was next for us, I was convinced that there was a whole new season he was going to want to do through us. I mean, after this year of change and all the chaos and everything that's happened in the world, I was convinced that there was some big, new, fancy, shiny thing that God was going to invite us to do. So I started seeking God and asking him, okay, God, what's next for us? What do you want us to do? And you know what I heard? Nothing. It's like God went dead quiet on me. And as the weeks went on, I started to get a little bit stressed out. I started to get a little bit confused. I started to honestly get a little bit angry. Like, come on, God, break's almost over. I got to go back. Like, where is your church? Where are we going? What are we going to do? Come on, God, what's next? And then I finally heard him whisper to me. And he said, keep doing what you're doing. You're on the right track. Follow the way of love. Keep doing what you're doing. You're on the right track. Follow the way of love. Now, I had to sit there at first because I didn't really understand what he was saying. And I thought about it, like, keep doing what you're doing. You're on the right track. Okay, so I started thinking, like, what are we doing? What have we been doing as a church? Well, we've been serving the city. And we've been raising up the next generation. And we've been focused on making disciples. And we've been gathering and worshiping God and we've been engaging the scriptures and we've been coming together to pray and we've been sacrificing and serving and being generous and living on mission and being hope carriers. Kind of sounds like every generation before us. And then follow the way of love. I had to sit there and think about that. It was almost like he was saying, just keep practicing the way of Jesus. 
And as I wrestled with it with the Lord, it was almost like he was saying to me, he's saying, hey, there, there is no innovative new way to do church. There's no new way to follow Jesus. There's no new fresh way to live a kingdom life. You see, the ancient future is the way forward. Walking in my ancient ways is the way through this modern world. So if you want to know what we're going to keep doing as a church, we're going to keep doing what we're doing because we're on the right path and we're going to follow the way of love. You see, it's no secret that this last season has been hard on all of us. Anybody want to agree with that? Come on. The last two years has been a lot, right? I mean, it's been a lot. Chaos and storms and brokenness and pain and grief and loss and suffering. The constant sense of unknown and change. We've gone through a global season of change and transformation throughout the world. We've watched things crumble that we thought would be there forever. We watched things emerge that we thought would never happen. We thought watched things change that we thought would be the same forever. And as we've watched all of that stuff, we've all been kind of left subconsciously asking this question like how then now shall I live what's next what what do I do now and we're asking questions maybe you're not saying them but somewhere in here questions like do I really want to keep working at this job that I have do I want to keep living in this house in this city in this state do I still want to be married to this person and be a part of this family do I, do I want to keep going on this path and doing this education and being part of this activities and all these questions that we're asking and we are at a crossroads, a crossroads of decisions that have to be made. And I love the prophet Jeremiah. He prophesies to the people of God in his generation, but this is a prophecy for us in our generation. And I love it. It says, stand at the crossroads and look, ask for the ancient paths. Ask where the good way is and walk in it and you will find rest for your souls. That is an incredible verse. You know what he says? He says you're at a crossroads and there's two ways in front of you. One way is the way of the modern world. This is a wide path full of comfort and convenience. This is the path that calls out to you, that, that draws you. It's full of pleasure and logic and reason and opinions and emotions and feelings, doing what you want to do, when you want to do it, but it leads to death and destruction. And then there's an ancient path, a good way, and it whispers to you, come this way. And you will find rest for your soul. And even though the ancient path is the road less traveled, it has been deeply carved by the faith of those who have gone before us. The generations of believers before us have left this path for us marked out that we may follow it. You say, what is the ancient path? The ancient path is love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength and love your neighbor as yourself. It's seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and everything else will be added unto you. It's trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding and all your ways acknowledge him and he will make your paths straight. The ancient path is the path of righteousness, peace, and joy. It is the way of Jesus. And we are at a crossroads. 
And I've been telling you all year, this is the most important year in your spiritual journey. Why? Because we're at a crossroads. And you're either going to take the modern path of this world to death and destruction or the ancient path of Jesus and find rest for your soul. In fact, I love what Jesus says. He says, enter through the narrow gate for wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction. And many enter through it. But small is the gate and narrow the road that leads to life and only a few find it. Jesus is saying the same thing that Jeremiah did. He says, there's two paths. There's a wide road and a broad gate and she cries out, come one, come all, eat, drink and be merry for tomorrow we die. Come do what you want, when you want, however you want, it's all good. This path is really easy to get on, but it is really hard to get off. It is the way of least resistance and personal happiness, but it ends up in destruction. And then Jesus says there is a narrow road, a small gate, an ancient path, if you will. And this path quietly whispers out, come die that you might live. Come serve and you'll be great. Come lose your life and you'll find it. You see, this path is really hard to get on and it's really easy to get off. And this is the way of greatest resistance, but personal holiness. It's the way of Jesus. In fact, what Jesus says to us is he says, if anyone would come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. That if we're really going to follow after Jesus, we have to pick up our cross. What does it mean to pick up your cross? Well, it means you have to die to the comforts and the convenience and the opinions and the preferences and the rights and the ambitions and all those things and walk the ancient path the way that Jesus did. I mean, remember, he calls us to come and be his disciples, a disciple, a learner, a follower, a student, one who becomes like the one that they're following, one who walks down the path of his Lord and his Savior. In fact, this is why Jesus says to us that we will do the things that he was doing and we will do even greater things than those. This is why at the end of his life, after he washes his disciples' feet, he says, now that I, your Lord and master, have washed your feet, You should wash one another's feet because no student is above his master. And now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. It's like Jesus is reminding us that the way forward through our life is the same way that he lived his life. And I love this little term, practicing the way of Jesus. Doesn't that just sound good? Practicing the way of Jesus. What does that mean? It means we need to practice The way of Jesus. Because we don't always know how to do it, do we? And sometimes it takes a lot of reps to figure it out. We need to practice apologizing. Practice forgiving. Practice loving. Practice being full of graciousness. Practice kindness and compassion. Practice trust. Practice faith. Practice surrender and submission and fellowship and lordship. Practice being patient and being joyful, right? Like we got to practice it. And while your flesh cries out and craves the wide road of least resistance and personal happiness, the spirit of God within you is gently and quietly drawing you down the ancient path and empowering you 
to learn to think like, talk like, act like, live like, and ultimately believe like Jesus. Are you with me on this? This is the ancient path, the way of Jesus. In fact, Romans chapter eight, we love this verse and we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purposes, right? We love this verse. When life gets hard and storms come and brokenness happens and things don't go the way that we want them to, we grab this verse and we say, okay, God is still working for the good. But we always forget verse 29 that comes right after it that says, for God foreknew, for those God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the likeness of his son. You know what that means? That means that your destiny is to be shaped and molded into the image and likeness of Jesus. That your destiny is to be conformed, shaped, molded into the image and likeness of Jesus. That you would walk in the way of Jesus. Think like, talk like, act like, live like Jesus. And so in the midst of all the things that are happening in your life, God is working for the good. But the good that he's doing is helping you become more like Jesus. So here's the question. What's happening in your life right now? What situation or circumstance or brokenness or pain or hardship is happening in your life right now? That is an invitation and an opportunity to practice the way of Jesus. Because that entire situation or circumstance is in your life and God is working for the good that you might practice the way of Jesus and take the ancient path so you'll find rest for your soul. Come on, sometimes we think we're so unique. Like no one deals with the hardships we have to deal with. No one has the pain that I have. No one has the circumstances or the situations. Come on, we just went through a global pandemic. Who's ever had to do that? Come on. Oh, that's funny right there. You're you're like, you're like, you're right. We're probably the only ones in history that have gone through a global pandemic. I mean, we live in a world of globalization. We're hyper-connected. No one else has had to deal with the pitfalls and the perils of social media. I'll tell you that right now. And we think we're the only ones. But we forget that the world was so bad when Noah was alive, God had to flood it to cleanse it. And we forget that for 400 years, the people of God were enslaved by Egypt and had to make bricks every day. And we forget that the Israelites had to go in and take the promised land and fight battle after battle of giants. We forget for 10 years, David had to run for his life. And then the rest of his life, he had to deal with bloody conflict and battles. We forget Daniel was thrown in a lion's den. We forget John the Baptist was arrested, put in jail and beheaded. We forget that most of the disciples were ultimately martyred for their faith. We are not the only ones. Come on. Look at what this says. Now, these things happened to them as an example and a warning to us. They were written for our instruction to admonish us and equip us. In other words, all the things that happened to the generations before us were written down to show us the ancient path to show us how to practice the way of Jesus. Because all those people I just said, all those generations before us and all the hardship that they had to deal with in the midst of their modern world, they still took the ancient path, practiced the way of Jesus. And so they found rest for their souls. 
Come on. The same God that led Noah is the same God who led John the Baptist and is the same God who is leading you. In Malachi 3, he says, I am the Lord. I do not change. Let's talk about this for a second. God does not change. I want you to think about the names of God with me for a moment, just because he wants to make sure we get that he doesn't change. Like one of his names is the everlasting God. Means he was before time and he will be after time. One of his names is Rock of Ages. That means he is steady and strong in the midst of every generation, in the midst of any and every situation and circumstance that will happen. One of his names is the Ancient of Days. Ancient of Days means he existed before time began. He is also called I Am, which means he was, he is, and he will be. Right? He is the Alpha and the Omega, which means he is the beginning and he is the end. His names remind us that he doesn't change. And if that's not enough, we'll just go with this. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So you know what this means? It means Jesus is the ancient future. He is the ancient path in the midst of a modern world. If you can catch this with me, what God is saying is what God said. What God will be saying is what God is saying. And what God has said is what God will be saying. What? Yes. What God is saying is what God said. What God will say is what God is saying. And what God has said is what he will be saying. Why? Because he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. His wisdom, his words, and his ways do not change. They were the same then as they are today as they will be in the future. Which means whatever God has said about marriage is what he has said and what he is saying and what he will say. Whatever God has said about finances is what he has said, is what he is saying, and is what he will say. Does, does that make sense to you? He is the ancient future. He is the ancient path in the midst of a modern life. So hear me, and this is so important for some of you more than others to grasp. There is no such thing as progressive Christianity or liberal Christianity. Now hang on. Before you start clapping. You're like, oh God, take my clap back. There is only Jesus his way, and his people. To say you're a progressive Christian or you're a liberal Christian somehow implies that God got it wrong. Somehow implies that God is too traditional, too conservative, too stoic, so I need to help loosen things up here. We need to progress a little bit. God didn't get the modern world when he said those things back there. And I understand the modern world better than him. So let me reinterpret all of what this actually means for you. That means you're God and he's not. Because let's just be real clear. God doesn't need us to redefine the definition of a man or a woman. Let's be real clear. God doesn't need us to redefine the definition of healthy sexuality between one man and one woman in the midst of a marriage covenant. God doesn't need us to redefine the definition of his church and whether or not it's relevant and whether or not we need it in our lives. God doesn't need us to redefine what's right and wrong, what's sin, what's not sin, what's okay, what's not okay, what is life, what's the purpose of it, why are we here, why are... he doesn't need us to do all that. 
Why? Because a word of God once spoken continues to be spoken. And if he is the same yesterday, today, and forever, then if he said it back then, it's true today and it will be true forever. So there's no such thing as progressive Christianity or liberal Christianity because that means in some way I can go beyond and make better that which God has set in motion. You cannot make perfect better. A word of God, once spoken, continues to be spoken. Are you with me on this? Now, there's this great story in the Old Testament about King Josiah, okay? King Josiah is one of the greatest kings of Israel. He took the throne when he's eight years old and the kingdom is in chaos. It's full of death and darkness and destruction. It's completely falling apart. But King Josiah, as a young man, he has a heart for God. And because he has a heart for God, look at what it says. It says, I have found the book of the law in the temple of the Lord. Catch this with me. I have found the book of the law or God's word. If I found the book of the law, it means what? That it had been lost. For generations, the book of the law, God's wisdom, God's word, God's ways were lost to the people of Israel. And so when he finds it, the priest reads it to him. And the moment he hears God's word, he instantly hits his knees, repents, tears his robe because he realizes the reason the nation is in chaos is because the people have taken the modern road of comfort and convenience and personal happiness. And when he realizes what God's ways was, what the ancient path was, he understood that was his future forward. So he instantly started to apply God's word to his life and to his nation. And he got rid of all the immorality out of the temple. He tore down all the idols all throughout the entire nation because of all the false worship. He stopped the child sacrifices that were going on as people were offering their children as living sacrifices to demons and false gods. He reinstated worship. He once again started the Passover so that people would remember their past and who God was and what he has done. And because Josiah found the book of the law and walked in its ways, he brought revival to himself, to his family, and to his nation. In fact, I love what it says about him. It says he did what was right in the eyes of the Lord and walked in the ways of his father, David, not turning aside to the right or to the left. It means he took the ancient path for his future forward. And you have to remember that David is not his father. David is his great, 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 great grandfather. So what Josiah understood was that the ancient path was the way forward in the midst of his modern world. And he did what was right in the eyes of the Lord, not in the eyes of himself. And he took the ancient path. See, I tell you that story because I think if we're honest, a lot of us, we've lost the book of the law. We've lost God's word in our life, his ancient word. And it could be lost for a thousand reasons. It might've got lost because of the pandemic in your life. It might've got lost or covered up because of work or because of a, a relational challenge or that anxiety or the depression or the pain or the brokenness or the despair or the confusion. It doesn't really matter why it got lost. It just, for a lot of us, has gotten lost. We've lost sight of it and you lose sight of the book of the law, God's word, God's ways. You start getting on the highway with everyone else, walking the way of comfort and convenience and least resistance that everyone else is on. 
But when we once again find the book of the law and start walking in its ways, that's how we bring revival into our lives. That's where reformation and reconciliation and restoration happens. That's where God's kingdom comes in our life as it is in heaven. In fact, in my life, I can tell you this. Every time I lose sight of God's word in my life, I always end up down this place of darkness. But when I find it again, it's amazing how everything lights up and you get back on the right path. I talked to a dad just this week. He had told me that he had never saw the book of the law in his own life. It was lost to him. And when he finally found it and started walking in its ways, his wife got saved. His children got saved. Revival broke out in his home. And he is now a completely different person. Why? Because he took the ancient path. That's what happened. See, that story of King Josiah, it's, it's eerily familiar to where we are. You say, oh, that, that, that's not us. Are you telling me there's not immorality everywhere? And you're telling me there's not idolatry everywhere, that we're worshiping all kinds of things? You say, but there's no child sacrifice. Seriously? You're telling me we're not offering up our kids on the altar of sports or activities or education or work or success? What's one more even? Talk about all of the resistance even in Texas around this abortion bill that just got passed from progressive or liberal Christians. And we've lost sight of worship, seeking God first. The Passover, which is the finished work of Jesus, remembering who he is and what he has done, that we are forgiven and free and you are loved no matter what. Come on. We got to remember the book of the law and walk in its ways. This is why God says, do not let the book of the law depart from your mouth. God's words, God's ways. Don't let it depart from your mouth. Don't lose sight of it. Don't lose it in your mind. Don't lose it in your heart. Don't lose it in your life. Don't lose it as the foundation of your life and the priority in your world. Meditate on it day and night so you may be careful to do everything written in it then. And only then will you be prosperous and successful. We lose sight of it. We end up living a life of defeat and darkness. And I know a whole lot of us, we think, man, God's word, though, it's just, it's irrelevant. It was said back then. It's ancient. You're right. It's the ancient future. Come on. I mean, check this out. Look at this verse. The grass withers, the flowers fall, but the word of our God, say it with me, stands forever. Do you know what that means? It means there are only three things that will last forever. God, his word, and people. Everything else in the heavens and the earth, all of creation will pass away. But God is eternal. His word is everlasting and people. We will spend all eternity with God if we receive the grace of Jesus or separated from God if we reject it. So if God's word stands forever, then a word of God once spoken continues to be spoken then what God says transcends time, situations, circumstance, generations. And to align my life with what God has said is to align my life with everlasting life. But to align my life with what the world is saying is to align my life with everlasting darkness. So can I ask you a really simple question? Have you lost sight of the book of the law in your life? Are you aligned, walking in the ways of the things you know God has told you to do? 
And you say, but, ah, but I, I don't know, because when I look at the world, it doesn't, I know, but listen to me, we're not supposed to let the modern world frame the ancient word. We're supposed to let the ancient word frame the modern world. The people of God have always struggled when we've allowed the world to tell us what to think, what to believe, and how to live. Whether it's the Egyptians, the Canaanites, the Babylonians, the Romans, the Greeks, ready? Fox News, CNN, Facebook, Instagram, Netflix, Spotify, Amazon, Google. Same things, guys. Same things. We read the Bible. We're like, they're so dumb. Why are they listening to the Babylonians? Do you know what they're thinking looking at some of us right now? They're like, at least those were real people, not a technology. (laughs) Come on. In the beginning was the word. The word was with God and the word was God. It's not changing. It's the same. This is the way forward. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light for my path. God's ancient word is your future forward. God's ancient word is your future forward. It's a lamp to your feet and a light to your path. Shows you your next step and the direction that you're heading. And if you can catch it, the same lamp and the same light that lit the way for Moses, the same lamp and light that lit the way for David, the same lamp and the same light that lit the way for Paul, the same lamp, the same light that lit the way for Peter, John, and James is the same lamp, the same light that's lighting the way for you. And it is the same lamp and the same light that will light the way for your children's children, children, children. Why? Because the ancient word is our future path. It's the ancient way in the midst of a modern world. And to walk away from God's word is to walk away from light. That's why even though it's a wide road and a a broad gate, this road of life, why people stumble along it? Because it's a road of darkness. You can't see anything, so you stumble around. But the moment you walk in God's way, even though it's a narrow road and a small path and an ancient way, and it looks like it's winding and up and down, you can navigate it. Why? Because there is a lamp to your feet and a light to your path. It doesn't matter how narrow it is. It doesn't matter if no one else in your life is walking on it. It doesn't matter if you've never been this way before. The lamp will show you your next step and the light will show you the direction to keep going. You go on this road with everybody else, you're gonna be lost, wandering, blind, broken for the rest of your life. So we stand at a crossroads. We stand at a crossroads because we have to decide are the things that God has said to us ancient wisdom or modern foolishness? basically what I'm trying to bring you to today. Like, let me give you a couple of examples. For example, tithing. Giving God the first and best 10% portion of your income. To you, is that ancient wisdom or modern foolishness? If it's modern foolishness, maybe that's why you love money or you never feel like you have enough of it. How about a Sabbath? Taking one out of every seven days off to rest, to enjoy God and trust him. Is that ancient wisdom or modern foolishness? If it's modern foolishness, maybe that's why your soul is always exhausted and you're always burned out and broke down. How about forgiveness? Forgiving people who have hurt you. Is that ancient wisdom? Or is that modern foolishness? And if it's modern foolishness, maybe that's why your heart is hard and bitter and all knotted up. One more. How about serving, making disciples, living on mission with the people of God? 
Is that ancient wisdom or is that modern foolishness? And if you think it's modern foolishness, maybe that's why you don't have any purpose in your life and you have no hope. What has God said to you that you feel like is modern foolishness? Come on. What has God said to you recently that you feel like it's modern foolishness? That's your way forward. That's the crossroads at which you stand. That is the ancient path where you will find rest for your soul. And yes, that takes trust and faith, but that's the whole point of a narrow road, small gate, ancient way. Every generation of followers who have gone before us, they practiced the way of Jesus, they took the ancient path, and they found rest for their souls. Why? Because they loved God's word. They studied it, they memorized it, they put it in their heart, and then they obeyed it and they followed it. So they always had light in their lives, no matter what kind of darkness the world was throwing at them. This is why Paul says, follow the way of love. The way of love was the way in the garden. It was the way in the promised land. It was the way for the first century church. It is the way for you, and it will be the way for all eternity. Why? Because it's the way of Jesus. And we practice walking in his way on the ancient path, the narrow road. You with me on that? We try to close it all with this. And maybe the greatest sermon that was ever preached, the Sermon on the Mount. At the very end of it, Jesus had a gathering just like this. And he looked at all the people and he said, let me show you what it's like for a man who hears my word and puts it into practice. He says, it's like a wise man who built his house upon a rock. And when the storm came and the winds blew and the rains came, that house stood strong because it was on a rock. He said, but now let me show you what it's like for a man who hears my word and doesn't put it into practice. He's like the foolish man who built his house on the sand. And when the storm came and the winds blew and the rains fell, that house fell with a great crash. What Jesus is telling us is that when we build our lives upon his ancient wisdom, his ancient word and his ancient ways, we will stand strong even when the world is crashing all around us. And for generations, the people of God have chosen the ancient path to build their life on the rock of ages so that their lives have stood strong and they had rest for their souls regardless of the crashing in the world around them. Come on. We're at a crossroads. Some of you right now, this is like your crossroad moment. The decision you make today is gonna determine a whole lot of the future of your life. Why? Because there is a wide road, a modern path, a way of death and darkness and destruction, comfort and convenience, pleasure, personal happiness, least resistance, opinions, logic, reason, emotions, feelings, all of it, but it ends in destruction. And there's an ancient path, a good way, a narrow road, 
And the grace of God is whispering to you saying, come. Is your ancient future. It's been deeply carved out by the generations who have gone before us. The ancient path is the way through this modern world. It may feel like foolishness to the world. It may even feel like foolishness to you from time to time. But faith says this is the way to life. So God, give me the grace that I may walk in it and practice the way of Jesus forward. So close your eyes with me. Come on, what's the Holy Spirit saying to you today? What's he whispering in your heart or in your mind? For a lot of us, sometimes it's so easy to lose sight of God's word, God's wisdom, and God's ways, and we don't even realize it until we sit in an experience like this and the Holy Spirit comes in and, and reminds us of how easy it is to get off the narrow road. And in his grace and his goodness, I think for a lot of us, he's drawing us back. He's saying, aren't you tired of stumbling around in darkness, stumbling around blinded by this world, stumbling around trying to do everything by logic and reason and explain the ancient wisdom of God away? Don't you just want to come walk in it? I love what Jeremiah says when he says, like, ask for the ancient paths. Ask for the good way. This is the moment to just say, God, I'm asking for the ancient paths. I'm asking for the good way. I'm asking that you would show me Jesus and his goodness and his grace and that I would have the courage to follow him. In fact, if you've never put your faith in Jesus, today is the day to get off the wide road that leads to destruction and just call out to him, Jesus, I believe that you are the everlasting son of God. You came to this earth to die in my place on a cross. You were dead, buried in a grave. Three days later, you rose again from that grave, defeating death, darkness, and destruction once and for all. And because of that, I now can have new life in you and walk the ancient path and find rest for my soul. Come on, if we're the people of God, we are invited to practice the way of Jesus and take the ancient path forward. So Holy Spirit, would you just continue to lead and guide us as individuals and as a family of people down this ancient path, this narrow road, that feels like in our modern world is getting narrower and narrower, but, but all those generations that have gone before us, they felt the same things. 
and their faith has deeply carved this path. And so may your word that once was spoken, that continues to be spoken into our lives, be the light and the lamp that shows us our next step and the direction that we're continuing to go. May we walk this ancient path in the midst of this modern world. May Jesus be our ancient future. We love you, Lord. Thank you for your wisdom. In your name we pray. Amen.